Welcome back to the Restaurant Rehab Podcast, where we discuss the happenings of restaurants from the perspectives of customers, employees, and managers, as well as owners. This is Jeremy, the host, and today we're going over Restaurant Basics 101-2, because last episode was Restaurant Basics 101, so this has got to be the second of that. Last episode, we went over the positions involved in restaurants, front of house, back of house, and everything that those all entail. Today, we're going to focus on the terminology used and what sort of things happen behind the scenes that you might even not know about, um, all in well to give you the foundation knowledge that you need in order to understand the, the future episodes where we're going to just talk in restaurant speak. For instance... We're going to dive right into terminology. One of the things that you'll hear often on this podcast is probably going to be uh, 86th. Um, trying to think of like the things you'd hear the most often. We'll reference uh, 86ing. Um, you, we probably won't reference it often, but like even just discussing front of house and back of house, knowing what those entail is important. Um other words that are used often in the restaurants are heard, behind, corner, all day, etc. On the fly. There's a bajillion of them. We're going to go through all of them. But in future episodes, these terms are going to be utilized when talking to guests and just me in general without uh, further description. So here is your chance to get the dictionary out and learn what they all mean so we can all be on the same page. Whether you've been in restaurants your whole life, like most of us, or uh, AKA restaurant rat, or you're just a restaurant goer, you are a foodie, you love to eat, also like me, and you go too often, and you probably picked up on some of these things on your own. But anyway, diving in, terminology. There are things that we say in the restaurants uh, as shorthand, because you've all been out to eat, and you're well aware, it's busy as shit. So keeping up with everything... And being able to communicate appropriately to each other as well is quite vital. Um, one of the biggest things is the movement in a restaurant, right? You have servers going from the dining space in which you're seated in the front of house to the back of house where cooks are, the expo station is, grabbing food, bringing it out to the tables, going over to the drink station, going to the bar to grab alcoholic drinks, going back to the host stand, check in and make sure that their table that they just reset is good to go on the board so they can get sat again, blah, blah, blah. Lots of moving parts constantly. And then you have the hosts moving guests around, guests getting up and going to the bathroom. You have bartenders having to leave the bar to get, you know, if they don't have a bar back to go and grab ice and get like do their wells, get backup liquors. You have managers running around making sure that the guests are good so they're at tables and they're moving from one table to another. And there's so many moving parts constantly happening in a restaurant. And so the terminology used to ensure that there are less uh, crashes and um, mistakes are things like herd. Herd means exactly what it sounds like. It means that you heard what the person said, but we're not going to sit there and say, okay, totally. I will definitely blank, 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 and blank. We say heard. And that means you understand, you've listened, you got it, and we're moving on. We don't have time to go through the nitty gritty, right? And that's another thing to not to, to note about restaurants too, is there isn't a lot of time. So often 
people who work in restaurants are pretty blunt and straight to the point. And that's simply because there's not enough time to sugarcoat things. And so if you're somebody who prefers to be talked to um, daintfully, you're you're probably not going to do well in the restaurant industry, at least not in a busy restaurant. And that's a, just an unfortunate fact because on a timing perspective, if you're in the middle of a crazy night and what we would call being in the weeds, meaning you're, you're backed up and you got so much going on and you're not, you're not, you're not keeping up with everything. Um, you don't have time to, to be like, Hey, if you have a, a quick moment, would you be able to go and grab me an extra bottle of tequila by any chance? Instead, you're going to be like, I'm out of tequila. I need tequila. And some people might take that offensively. They might think that you're being uh, abrupt or rude, but in reality, it's just, I mean, you're in your brain, for instance, as a bartender in that instance, because that's the scenario we're using as an example. In your brain, you're thinking, okay, I need two AMFs, I need a Long Island, I need three mango margaritas, and I need two vodka tonics, one with a splash of cranberry. That's going to seat 12, 13, 15, 16. And then the guests at the uh, the restaurant, the servers need uh, blank and blank drinks, etc. You know, you have all that going on in your head and double check on, on table 15, make sure they got their ranch, go and check on table, you know, 20 to make sure that their food's good, blah, blah, blah. So when you need something else, you don't have the time to like formulate in, you know, complete proper and uh, respectful per se. And to some people sentences, it's just going to be straight to the point. Right. Um, so that's something to keep in mind too, as a potential future employee of restaurants, or um, just even if you're like a customer and you're out to eat and you, you, you overhear like employees talking to each other, it might sound rude to some people. I don't know, but uh, it's just a, a timing thing really. But anyway, so other words that are used in order to make sure that we don't crash on each other are behind, which is exactly that you're behind somebody. Or corner, which is when you're going to be coming around a corner and who knows if someone's coming from the other side. And so that way you don't crash into each other and all the drinks that are on your tray go flying or all the food falls on the ground, etc. Nobody wants that. Um, so those are like the two big ones behind and corner. And then herd being a just general term that we use. Another term that is used often is all day. And that would be so say, for instance, somebody ordered um, four margaritas, right? And then uh, the bartender is like starting up the four margaritas and the other bartender is walking by and they're like, oh, can we actually get another one? That bartender, all they have to do is say, hey, Joan, it's five margaritas all day. So now Joan knows she's still making those four plus one because if instead – She's like, oh, they want five margaritas. Then now Joan could take that as five plus the four she's already making or five in total. But the potential for mistake is there. So all day just means everything that's on the board and needed is going to be included in that statement. I have seven fries all day. I have 10 chicken tenders all day, right? they are including every order all in one statement. So, cause people are gonna be checking their, their screens. So what we have is called a kitchen display system or KDS. And that's usually what a kitchen and bar is looking at um, in order to determine what needs to be made and what's coming up next. 
And so when they're looking at the screen, you know, from a bartender's perspective, for instance, I'm going, okay, there's four tickets. So each ticket's a different table. And out of those four tickets, I have four margaritas. It'll probably be faster for me because I can put two margaritas in each mixing tin to do four margaritas at once rather than do one margarita on one ticket plus the Long Island and then move to the next ticket and do an old fashioned and then the next ticket and do uh, two margaritas and a, uh, uh, I don't even know, a Bloody Mary and then, you know, et cetera. So it's like you're better off kind of combining tickets because you can you can get you can cut down the time as long as it makes sense right especially if like another thing too if i'm looking at four tickets and i see a beer i'm getting off track here but like if i see a single beer like three tickets over i'll go pour that beer real quick because that's going to be a two second ticket and rather than make that ticket turn into a seven minute ticket while i'm making the you know 12 mixed drinks that came in prior i can just drop that off, throw it away, it's done, and then move on to the mixed drinks. So that person who's waiting on a beer isn't waiting forever when the people who ordered mixed drinks know that the mixed drink is going to take a hot minute compared to a beer, you know? So you got to gauge those things too. Anyway, so uh, we have kitchen display systems or KDSs. And then um, what we ring our food in on is called a point of sale system or POS. So there are multiple POS systems we have uh the the popular ones at least are micros aloha um there's posi and now toast has overtaken the majority of restaurants that i've seen lately um they really hit it out of the park when it came to covid uh toast originated as a like cafe system so it was really uh built well for the touchless type, you know, quick payment kind of thing. And so during COVID, they really hit it out of the park because they kind of already had that, you know, built in system for a heavy takeout, you know, fronted kind of industry. And so now, because of COVID, they all kind of switched over and now everybody has toast and they're making it work for them in their current scenarios. Um, So there's multiple POS systems, and they all have pros and cons to them. And then KDS-wise, there's a few systems too, but they're all relative more than likely to the POS system that's being utilized. Very off, very few times is it a separate system um, because it has to communicate with each other either way because you have to be able to ring it in and have it communicate to the screen in the back. So they're often the same the same system. So like if you're using Micros in the front, then they're using Micros for the KDS in the back, if that makes sense. Anyway, um, so that's all day. All day is everything that is on the board all at once including all the tickets, okay? Um, There's on the fly. On the fly means that you need that item ASAP, literally as quickly and as efficiently as you can possibly get it done while literally having it out 12 minutes ago. Like that's that's on the fly. Um, Remakes are when something has been sent out in error and has to be remade. And then uh, similarly on the same topic of conversation with remakes, we have comps and we have voids. And if anybody's worked in any type of customer service or like any register related systems, you probably know this, but a void would void the cost of something, void the product and the item line completely off a receipt, right? 
So on a keeping track of income and inventory level, voiding is only done when the item has not been made, whether it's because it was 86th, which means it's no longer available, or because the customer changed their mind prior to it being started, right? Then you can void the item, get rid of it, it's done, right? But if the item's been made and the customer then changed their mind and like doesn't want it and you have to you have to dump it if it's a drink or throw it away if it's food and you can't reuse it in any way um, or the food was brought out and there was an error with it and they want to cover the cost of it, that would be a comp because we are taking care of the, the item, but we still need to account for the item in inventory being made and sent out. So once it's been made, it gets comped. If it's never been made, it's voided. Um, so that's some inside info for people at tables. If they're like, if the restaurant manager comes over and they're like, oh, we'll take care of this for you. We'll comp it. Like that's what they're referencing. Like they still need to track the fact that it's been made. The food's been brought out. Things have been utilized, but you're not going to pay for it anymore. Um, another thing in terms of payments that managers are allowed to do well, obviously dependent on the restaurant and their regulations, but things that are like generally allowed to happen are percentages off tickets, uh, I'm sure, uh, checks, as well as money off checks. And so there's usually in the discount slash comp section, there will be like a um, percent off check option or dollar off check option. And then there's usually like a friends and family discount at mom and pop places. There's usually an employee discount at like corporate and mom and pop places. So all those things kind of exist in the system already as well. So if there's an error, it's not always that they're going to take care of the entire meal for you, but sometimes they'll take a couple dollars off. And really, as a former manager, I can let you know that for me, if I went to the table and you were like, oh yeah, like it wasn't the best that I've had here, but you ate the whole meal... I'll be like, oh, let me get you a dessert on the house. That's because like, sorry, bitch, you ate the whole fucking thing. Like, I'm not going to give it to you for free. You you might not have liked it as much as you did the last time. But if there was an error and we checked on you multiple times and you didn't say anything, now at the end of the meal, you're making a comment to us about it not being the best. Well, we could have fixed whatever that error was and you didn't give us an opportunity to. And now you're saying it now, essentially, usually looking for it to be free. Sometimes, yes, sometimes the person is just saying it because they want to let you know they're regular and something's different. So, you know, check it out. That way other guests don't complain, blah, 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 blah. But that's rare. More often than not, the person's saying it, hoping they're going to get something. And to be frank, desserts cost a dime compared to everything else is pennies in the dollar. And they're the easiest thing to give away for free. I mean, ice cream, come on. Like you can buy a gallon of ice cream at the supermarket for like $5 and we sell it for like $2 a scoop. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, you're going to get a free scoop of ice cream because we are already giving out the the first scoop we made our money back. Like, let's be real. So um, that's going to be like the go-to desserts, free desserts. It, in most states, it is illegal to comp or give away free alcohol. Um, so there's, there's runarounds on that and workarounds in order to make it happen. If like somebody walked out on a bill or they're like adamant, they're a Karen and they're like, ah, I'm not going to pay for this. Then there's, there's, there's workarounds, but often that is something that they can't get rid of. So if like you didn't like the drink, um, then they'll just have to like 
put it on a house account instead or uh, they'll comp it off but like they can't give away free alcohol usually in most states at least every state that i've worked in they can't legally give away free alcohol so there has to be some form of uh recuperation whether the the company eats the cost which is like the workaround or the customer pays for it but either way um there's there's that yeah so um there's many things that managers can do on checks uh in the back end as well when someone says they can't split a check that's either a house rule or the server is lazy i mean really i've never worked on a system that you couldn't split a check and if there is one please let me know about it in the comments because i haven't yet to i've worked with aloha i've worked with micros posi um there's another one that I've worked with too, and I can't remember the name of it. And then Toast. Those are the ones that I've worked with so far in my career. And I've been able to split checks on every single one. Some are much easier to split checks on than others. But really, all it comes down to is a server properly preparing and, and inputting the information, like in all the orders, correctly to make their life easier in the end when it comes to splitting it. But as a word of note, as a note of, as a word of notion, as a note to have, whatever, something to know as a potential customer, let them know if you want to split from the get. Don't order everything hunky dory with five of you and then come to the end of the, the, the thing and be like, oh, can we split this? You're a bitch. Just say that from the beginning. Just say it right up front. I don't like that. So as a server, I would go to the table and be like, if it's, clearly not a family or clearly like two couples going out or you know just a bunch of teenage friends my first question is are we all on one check tonight because i'm not trying to get caught at the end with y'all doing that because listen i can put everything in much faster without worrying about which seat it all goes to because some restaurants don't require me to put that down and i'm running my own food so i know where everything goes and i have a server's memory so i'm good to go but uh, if you want it split, then I have to put a little extra effort and make sure that I keep everything notated or just hold on to the ticket that I wrote it all down on because I usually have, you know, five to 10 tables going at a time and I'm not going to hold on to each ticket. So I'm throwing them away. And then now you guys are like, Oh, can we split? And I'm like, shit, what did you get? I don't remember. Especially if you have two different drinks, each person's got two different drinks and you switch drink like, Oh God. Just let us know in the beginning and then we can just keep it all on track and we'll be fine. But when you when you don't say anything, that's torture. Anyway, splitting checks, easy. You can do it by seat or you can do it by total cost. So um, you can either take, like I said, like uh, multiple payments, splitting the total cost. So three cards, split it evenly or break everything down by what each individual person purchased. Um and every, like I said, every system is different, so it is a little more complicated in some places than it is others, but it is doable. However, as I mentioned earlier too, some restaurants have the house rule that they don't allow splitting. Usually it's posted, whether it's like at the bottom of their menu, where they would say like, let us know if you have a food allergy, um, or it's like on a, on a t on, on like the door when you're walking in, or like on like the host stand and like a little, you know, paper they're usually there. Like if you've ever seen it say parties of eight or more will have an automatic 18% gratuity or whatever added to it, um, that would be yet another house rule. Also, speaking of that, um, often that I, most states that I've worked in at this point, 
uh, that 18% gratuity usually goes to the servers, but legally, it doesn't have to. It's a house charge. So if you don't tip on that 18%, there's a potential that that server is not getting any tip at all because you're assuming that 18% is their tip, but it's actually a house charge on the legal perspective, at least, um, for that restaurant basically allowing you to take up more space in their restaurant. So they add that 18% to make up for the you know, the hassle, if you will, which the only hassle really comes down to putting two tables together often. However, if you think about it, a table of eight people is going to sit longer than a table of four on average because there's more people and more conversation. As well, you're still only getting the same amount of food that a table of four and a table of four would get typically. And so they're not making any extra money off of you but you're going to probably stay longer. You're usually celebrating something and you're going to what we call camp. And camping is when you are there longer than average time. If you have already eaten your appetizer in your dinner and you're on dessert and then you're all chit-chat and having your after drink and you're enjoying your uh, coffee third fucking cup, you're a camper. You've, you're, you have overstayed your welcome. Um, and often that screws the server because what we do behind the scenes is we break down the whole restaurant into what we call sections. And so in those sections, sometimes a server will have three tables and then in other restaurants, a server will have seven tables. It's really all dependent on the volume, the service capabilities, how the place is you know, designed, et cetera. So, and really available staff too. Um, so if a server only has a three table section and you're at one of those tables and you decide to camp and sit there for three hours, cause you're having a great time with your girlfriends, shut up and leave. Cause you are now costing that person money, so much money because they could have flipped that table twice. You and a new patron in the time that you have sat there for three hours. Cause the average ticket time or table time, I should say is usually 45 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on how luxurious the place is. And if you're there for three hours, then that's three two to three table flips and a table flip is just simply what it sounds like it's when one person leaves it gets reset and then sat again that's flipping the table and in most cases the ability for a server to flip their table is directly correlated to the amount of money that they're going to make because if they can't flip their table quickly then they're not going to make more money unfortunately some servers do this incorrectly and they almost become uh, aggressive when you're getting towards the end of your meal because they want you out as quick as possible so that they can get the next table and make as much money as they can that night. And that's not how it should go. Um, but unfortunately, that happens sometimes. And that's just a server, you know, server issue that, uh, that they need to work on themselves to be, flank, to be blunt. But ultimately, there is some type of unwritten rule of timing that if you're done eating, get the fuck out. You're taking money away from the restaurant, but more importantly, the server. Um, it's no bueno. I know you're having a great time, but go have a great time sitting in your car. Go for a drive. Listen to some music. Put the windows down. Enjoy that company. Love your life. Go to a coffee shop and sit down at the coffee shop. Go somewhere where you're not taking a server's table. That's all I'm saying. Um, and you can disagree with that. And please, let's have a debate about that. But I, I'm pretty strongholded on that opinion you are taking money away from everybody involved. And I get you're having a great time, but you paid for the food 
and you are given the food, you've eaten the food, the food is now done. You're paying for a service, the service is over. So if you're sitting there, now you're taking time out of the server's day because they have to keep checking on you. And then if you haven't paid yet and you keep the check there and you're making the tip dependent on that final hour where they checked on you maybe one time because you just kept saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, then like you're also pretty shitty because they were fine for you the whole time and you had a great time. But then at the end, when they were trying to, you know, get other things done or whatever, and sometimes, oh gosh, I'm going on a tangent here, but sometimes you're their final table and they can't leave until you've paid. Once you've paid, they can ask another server like, hey, can you take over this table um, and clean it up for me? I'll give you 10 bucks as a thank you, like whatever, five bucks, like whatever, so they can get out of there. But if you haven't paid, then their only option is to stay and wait or transfer the table to somebody else, in which case you did all the work and that somebody else is going to get the tip, which is not fair to them. So like, if you're going to be a camper, at least pay your check because you never know if it's going to be that server's final table and you're literally holding them there making $3 an hour getting no tips because they already cut so they can't get sad again and you're just sitting in their section wasting it away and also now that section's already been turned over to somebody else so not only are you wasting away that server from being there for the extra hour to two hours that you're sitting there but then you're literally keeping a table from a new server who just came on and hasn't made any money yet and you're diminishing their uh, their, their, their section size right off the get. So yeah, you're a shitty person. If you do that, <laughs> I have a strong opinion on that one, apparently. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so we have sections, they're broken down. Uh, usually the host is responsible for keeping track of the sections. And so what happens behind the scenes is the host will be in charge of, um, the seating chart, which is just exactly that it's a chart of all the tables available and they'll usually have like a plastic plexiglass cover on top of it and they'll draw with like a you know a, a erasable marker and and simply just grid out the restaurant and then put the server's names and then they just kind of go in this big rotation um and i mentioned on the last episode but sometimes they go by the number of heads which is the number of people uh and other times they go by just tables so like Johnny gets four tables, Sarah gets four tables, and Jeremy gets four tables. And then when one's flipped, it goes to whoever's available. And that's where being a good server, but being able to flip tables quickly without making people uncomfortable and having good tips still and having a great time comes in really handy because once all the tables are sat and there's no more open tables and we're on a wait list, then the rotation essentially doesn't matter anymore because it's whatever table opens up next. You, you know what I mean? So if you can flip your tables quicker than Johnny and Sarah, then you're going to get more tables that night and vice versa. If you're slow or you have a camper, then you're going to get less tables. Um, so that's where that really comes in handy too. Sometimes the host makes mistakes. And so, and, and then that's going back to last episode, the host is one of the most basic entry level positions for somebody new into the restaurant. They're often 18 or younger, 16 to 18 years old. Um, first job still in high school, like they're doing it for cash to go and spend the weekend with their friends doing whatever. Um, so do they care as much? Probably not. Uh, but then you have this like 20 to 25 year old server who needs the money to pay for their rent, 
plus get drunk every day and go get a new tattoo. And so they're like salty that they got skipped. And they're going to go up to the host and they're going to be like, yo, Franny, you skipped me. And then Franny's going to be like, oh, I did. I'm so sorry. And they're going to be like, no, you did that on purpose. And they're going to be all salty. And it's like a whole thing. And it's happened at every restaurant that I've ever worked at, at least like once a week. Um, And it's usually a mistake. Or better yet, the guest said, oh, actually, could we sit over there? And then the host has no possible choice but to skip your section. Um, So sometimes in those instances, you get like the next two tables. Uh, to get you back on track. Um, but ultimately, like we just want to keep track of the number of tables that a person's getting and try to keep it all even is really how it just goes down. And that's what the host does behind the scenes. Now, other things that happen behind the scenes that you might not even realize are happening, if a server greets you, oftentimes they will then leave something at that table, whether it's coasters, bev napkins, um, roll-ups, which are the silverware, or... Uh, like a little piece of paper, like something, but often they will leave something at that table. And usually it's bev napkins or a coaster because that's the most simplistic thing to leave and most convenient thing to leave. But what it's insinuating to the management and other servers is this table has been greeted. Their drink order has been taken and they've been greeted. So it actually has a side meeting. And similarly, a lot of places will also require a server to drop off forks and knives and roll-ups and all the uh, you know uh, required additionals for whatever food they ordered once the food's been ordered. So then that's uh, another way of management knowing, okay, their food order's in. And so, um, you know, I worked at Cheesecake Factory back in the day, years ago, and we would put bed napkins down, but they would also require us to put, because they had the Cheesecake Factory logo on it, they would require us to put them down with the logo facing the uh, facing each guest individually. And that was just like a subliminal messaging of the logo and also letting management know their beverage order has been taken. Um, so there's a lot of those little small details that are happening on a regular basis that you're not even really thinking about, right? And if you go into corporations too, um, oftentimes you might feel almost rushed, but that's because they are being given this list of time constraints that are requirements essentially for best capable service is what they'll determine it as in the headquarter office. And it's uh, usually like get a drink order within 30 seconds of them sitting down, deliver drinks within one minute. Uh, get appetizer in within two minutes, deliver appetizer five minutes later, get food in within two more minutes, get the food delivered within 10 to 15 minutes after that, redo drinks, blah, blah, like two minute, two by check back, like all these, all these things. And it's just like usually unrealistic numbers to be, to be frank. Uh, and if you don't want to put in your drink order right away, cause you don't know yet, you already mess up the system and it's not your fault. It's just the system is just like unrealistic and Unfortunately, a lot of corporations have um, people come in to manage that come from schools with business degrees and think they're the shit and they know everything, but they've never worked in a restaurant uh, or the people from headquarters, like I said, that are in a, you know the corporation itself and not on the floor and they're making these decisions for the servers thinking that it's possible and it's really not possible. And I'm not saying that it's not possible in the best case scenario because it's totally possible. But how often does that best case scenario happen? Not that often. So, you know, pros and cons. Um, upselling is another term. And that's simply just what anybody would do in any sales position. And it's literally 
trying to get the best bang for your buck. So if somebody's ordering, um, say, a steak and it comes with French fries, try to upsell them to the side salad that's an additional dollar charge. Whatever it is, but like those dollars add up. If you had 10 tables a night, that's an extra $10. And 20% of that is $2. So you know, just from getting people to get a salad, you made an extra $2 in your tips that night. Um, and so, you know, that's a, that's a minute example, but you can have things that are, you know, much pricier, um, and get people to spend, like, for instance, if a place offers, uh, bread and butter for free, or if it's like Mexican and they offer chips and salsa for free, oftentimes a server is taught to go to the table and say something along the lines of, Hey, welcome to blank and blank restaurant. My name's Jeremy. I'll be taking care of you this evening. Would you like to get started off with some, with some of our really, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, would you like to get started off with our fresh calamari? It is delicious. It has a nice lemon buttery sauce on the side. Uh, marinara for dipping. You can do it either uh, Rhode Island style or what, the regular way, like, etc. And you're offering an appetizer and putting that into their minds because they weren't even thinking about getting an appetizer or they were thinking about it, but they couldn't make up their mind. And now you're giving them that option. You are uh, instilling the thought into their minds. So they avoid the free bread and butter and they get the appetizer. Because if somebody goes up to the table and they're like, hey, my name is Jeremy. Thanks for coming to such and such a blah, 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 restaurant. Would you start with some of our free bread and butter? Of course you're going to say yes. Who doesn't want free bread and butter? And then, I mean, I don't because I have a gluten allergy, but like most people are going to say yes. And so now you're not going to get an appetizer out of them more than likely because most people are going to get full off of that bread and butter and only have room for their entree. And so you're you're minimizing your potential uh, uh, check average by offering that off the get. So a lot of times when places have free bread and butter or free chips and salsa or free anything from the beginning, they are often taught to not bring it up and not mention it. And that's not because they don't want to give it to you. It's just because they're trying to increase your check average. And they know that if you do get it, that you're going to probably not get an appetizer. Um, So, is it always available to you? Absolutely. But sometimes you might have to ask for it and don't be offended that you have to ask for it. I mean, it's free. Like take it. It's fine. Just don't be a bitch. Anyway, um, I feel like I've talked a lot about all these things and I don't know what else I have to go over. But um, if you ha- if you think of anything, any other terms that I've missed or any other behind the scenes things that would be helpful for people to know, please do let me know and I will add them on to another episode at some point. But I think that is going to be it for Restaurant Basics. Uh, We now have a pretty decent foundation to go off of between terminology, positions, roles of those positions and the duties that they are included, language used, and behind the scenes little tidbits of information. And we're going to get into more detail of each of those things when we talk about them individually, but it just helps to have that foundation so that on the next episode, when we dive right in, we're going to dive right into bars and uh, the next couple episodes will be on bars and we're going to go over all the nitty gritties of things more behind the scenes relative specific to that, that space job and job duties how things work with tip outs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So tune in for the next episode, restaurant basics, bar scene. I'll see y'all in a little bit.